It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and at 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and also now on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, February the 16th, 2020. And happy belated Valentine's Day. We're back live in Austin, Texas, and Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here with us as usual to make the show run smoothly, and we have another packed show in store for you. First, in a little while after the break, we'll be joined by Jonathan McCoy, speaker, advocate for transparency and senior care, and founder, president of Family Care Space. And he'll be talking about his platform, uh, Family Care Space, that helps families and care facilities have greater transparency in order to increase the quality of care for their loved ones. And then later in the program, Kia, the founder of Raising Cultures, which is a social media site about a blended family through transracial, interracial, multiracial adoption, as she reports as she posts it, that's trying to share their story with the world so that others can feel inspired and encouraged, breaking down color barriers, stereotypes, and prejudices with love. Kia of this beautiful, is the mother of this beautiful family, and she'll join us to discuss about breaking down barriers through compassion. And along the way, I'll discuss self-love and self-care and spreading the love. To live a passionate life for this Valentine's Day weekend. And throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air to my guests. The email address is Dr. Mara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight along with any website links that my guests talk about on the program, and that will that is drmaracarpel.com and the podcast will be ready to hear later this evening and you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blog talk radio that's b-l-o-g talkradio.com slash your golden years and the podcast will also be immediately available after the show ends about five minutes after the show ends by going to apple podcasts Um, The best way to do that at this point 
is to go to my website and the link to my page on Apple Podcasts is located in the website post about this program. So if you go there, you could just click on that link and it'll take you to my page on Apple Podcasts. And for information from previous programs, to listen to previous programs, to read my blogs in Huffington Post and Ariana Huffington Thrives Global, to watch videos of interviews I've done with guests live in the studio, or the interviews that I have done on internet television, um, just go to my website, drmaricarpel.com. And all of the podcasts from previous programs um, since we have been here on Blog Talk Radio in 2014, um, can be heard at blogtalkradio.com slash your golden years. And also, all of those podcasts are now on Apple. And I also recommend that you follow me on Facebook for all of the information about upcoming events, upcoming shows, and our events at South by Southwest coming up in March, and any other um, new information, um, new po- new blogs that I post, etc. All of that um, is on my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Te- Austin, Texas, and also in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers. And for the past few years, I've also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. Now, if you have a question that you want to ask me or you have some information that you think I should know about, you can feel free to send me an email. And my email address, once again, is drmara at drmaracarpel.com. Or you can go through my website, drmaracarpel.com, and then click on Contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break, but don't go anywhere because it's going to be a really brief break to play a few of our sponsors' commercials. And then when we come back, we'll be joined by Jonathan McCoy, Advocate for Transparency in Senior Care, Speaker and Founder and President of Family Care Space to talk about 
his platform to help families and care facilities have greater transparency in order to increase the quality of care for our loved ones. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years. Specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia, Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. And we're back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And now joining us on the phone, we have the speaker, advocate for transparency in senior care, and founder and president of Family Care Space, Jonathan McCoy. Welcome, Jonathan. Great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thank you for being here. And just just a, a reminder, there's a slight delay when we talk like this, so that's just good to keep in mind. So, so Jonathan, maybe we can start off with a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, I came to senior living and the challenges of memory loss and really trying to um, – have someone else because you've really run through as much you can as a family uh, support and effort of looking after a loved one, having a community or have home care come in, um, started to understand that better. Um, But I was in the technology world and I felt uh, uh, for me a very spiritual, um, there's something I can do to help um, when it comes to care. So my roots start in the care world in uh, two, 2006. Um, I left the technology world in the fall of 2006, um, spent a lot of time looking at uh, the current state of affairs, uh, felt uh, compelled to uh, build a community for memory care, a focused community, and, uh, and to build it based on the client's needs, the um, so, so it's so important to understand, you know, what that family member would, would need, what the resident would need, uh, the care staff, and make sure the physical environment supported that. Um, and, I, and I must say, I thought there was already a family care space available, um, something that would allow me to understand how staff were moving and residents, where they were, and that families could have a, a view of what's going on, that transparency that I, um, has become my mission. Uh, I was, uh, quite honestly, I was shocked. I saw uh, a lot of silos, you know, nurse call systems that were very, very limited in what they did. Um, A lot of care staff getting burnt out, not having the right supports. 
and of course families um, not not really knowing what was going on. A lot of um, uh, concerns about you know this is our loved one now, and you have our loved one in your in your uh, care, um, but not knowing what would happen between the visits that could be uh, you know daily or could be you know weekly or monthly depending on the family situation. So a lot of angst from that. Um, so the genesis mm-hmm. for family care space uh, really came from utilizing my skills in the technology world, married with my spiritual desire to, you know, help. Um, and it coalesced around what became uh, this platform that we call family care space and my own dedication to transparency. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is family care space? Great. I appreciate I really like that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what is family care space? Well, a couple of things, Dr. Mara. It, um, it is, whether it be at the home or in a, a long-term care facility, a nursing home, assisted living, uh, even independent living, um, we can put sensors. We put sensors. Uh, these sensors indicate when someone's in the room or not. It's not a camera. It's just you know with a point. If you think about a Google map when you're looking at directions, um, it's it's a uh, a pin, if you will, on a, a floor plan of a building that you would see, and you would see them move about. You'd know if it's a care staff member, if it's a resident. Um, you would know if family are visiting or if third-party services are coming into the facility where they are. Uh, they would wear a badge, uh, or the residents would have a pendant, um, and there's a variety of pendants to fit the various situations. Um, and... Uh, these sensors would pick up where these individuals are. All of that data we process and create um, a view for the family where they would just see their loved one, no one else, a view for the facility operations people so they can see how well their staff are doing, how well um, they're performing, and it also provides what are called um, resident-specific alerting. So, for example, if there's a resident that goes into other rooms and may take things that aren't theirs, you know, not really aware of what they're doing. It's just part of the uh, the challenges they're facing. Um, we can uh, have that alert alert set up specific for them. So if they go into any room other than their own, staff will know what room, exactly what time, and be able to redirect them. And there's many other examples of this, and it's very quiet. There's no call bells. Um, staff have a uh, an iPod or an iOS, a mobile device, and uh, they can see from that device um, where the alert is. They can handle the alert. Uh, they can let the other staff members know it's been, it's been taken care of. But it's all done very quietly. In addition to that mobile device uh, for alerting, we also have the ability for staff to capture precious moments for those residents and their families that sign up for the family portal, which is really a big, big focus and a tremendous unique differentiator for family care space. So just about the family portal, if I could, for a few moments. Sure. That's mm-hmm. a very key component. Um, so the family portal allows families to log into a secure site, and they would see the faceplate of the building, you know, the floor plan. They would have a dot on the building that would ind- indicate where their loved one is. So in their room, uh, bathroom, or uh, in common areas, getting dinner, things like that. And they would have... Uh, an indication of where exactly they are. They would be able to look at the calendar of events 
um, what things mom has participated in or is scheduled to. Um, and then they have what's called an activity stream below that. Now, an activity stream is very, um, very important in terms of engagement, not only for the, the uh, family with respect to content from this, but also content gets created by the care staff. And this mobile device they use to look for other staff members, they quickly can see where their members are, so they don't have to go looking around the building. They can look for key assets they need for their work, like a shower chair. So again, no, you know, spending time looking for them. And they can see where all the residents are at any time. So no looking for them and making sure they're safe. In addition, they have the ability to create a post. So what that means is, let's say I'm walking down the hallway as a care staff member, and Mrs. Smith is in the puzzle room. She hasn't been in there for a long time. She's been in a room a lot. And she's finally, you know, able to get out and do things, and she's enjoying, you know, working on a puzzle. A staff member can take out their mobile device. It's secure, uh, can capture a photo, um, uh, record a video, um, and save it. And what happens is that content goes to the executive director who, or someone in the community who views the content to make sure it's appropriate, and then if it is, they hit approve, and automatically, whoever represents that family member from Mrs. Smith will get an email, something on their phone saying, new content to review for mom. They go into the portal. They see that new content. If they think it's appropriate for their family to see, they hit approve, and now that's available in the activity stream. So much like social media today, where we have posts and pictures and content, this is now in a secured environment, and it has those precious pearls, those, those memories or those moments where mom may remember something. Um, and, you know, I'm living in San Diego, uh, you're in Texas, and she's in Boston. So it's a great way to pull us together to see those memories, to share. And the staff member that took that video, that post, is identified, and staff typically get compliments from the families thanking them so much for doing that. They end up becoming more connected. The stories, I mean, stories are a big thing, right? They help us get mm -hmm. connected and relate. And it promotes the storytelling amongst not only the family members uh, with that new memory that they received from their mom, but also the staff get engaged too. Um, so it's, it's an important element. So we have three pieces. We have the family portal, incredibly important. We have the administration capability to get reports in terms of how well we're responding to alerts, how staff are doing. And then we also have that mobile device that I talked about that does the alerting, uh, gives you location of staff members and residents, as well as key assets. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and what about family care circles? You mentioned that to me when we, when we spoke before. What are family care circles? Uh, I'm glad you asked because it, it really is an out. One of the things that um, I found, I, I was all gung ho about this great innovation with the family portal, thinking that uh, assisted living providers, long-term care providers, um, anyone that has a family member in those type of settings, will understand they're not inexpensive um, living arrangements. You know, there's a, a need to provide care, etc. But uh, I thought these operators would think, wow, this is a great service to add. What I found was um, if there are going to be rate increases, 
Um, they would rather keep those rate increases, you know, for their operations to put in a service like we're talking about, uh, even though, you know, it's, uh, well, to give you an idea, it's about $1.20 to $2.50 a day per family or per resident per community. Um, and that's spread hmm. out over, you know, so it's, we're not talking a lot of money per resident, but still resistance to, to invest in something unless the families get behind it. Right. And um, so family care circles really came about after talking to some families that um, have been using the service. I built a, I had to build a community to build family care space. So, you know, there's just a, a resistance or I found a, a resistance. Good operators, um, you know, really care about their residents. But this is not something that somebody else has done. Uh, this is uh, fairly um, disruptive in many ways. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is not something they gravitate. Yet the feedback from families have been overwhelming. Um, I wrote a, a, a brief article identifying some of the, the tremendous benefits that have occurred to families. And we get tremendous number of stories over. We've been operating for seven years now. Um, but the operations groups in these assisted living companies, long-term care companies, you know, it's just not on their recipe of things they want to do. I, I even had one operator slam his hand on a desk uh, while we're giving a presentation and sharing what family care space is about. And he was very adamant. He said very clearly, there's no way I want families to truly understand, you know, things that are happening behind the scenes. I don't want them <laughs> to know, you know, I don't want them to know. I don't want them to give me difficulties. Um, and, he actually described, and it pains me to say this, but it is the fact that the best family scenario for them is one that really isn't that connected to their loved right. one in the building. It's much easier for them. It's better for their bottom line. And I didn't say this, but if someone read the bubble over my head when I was with this guy, I wanted mm-hmm. to say, would you put your mother, would you put your mother in a place where they really don't want to be that open about what's going on there? You know, and facing that. Uh, so really the challenge right. for yeah. families having a voice. So family care circles, Dr. Mara, is a result of hearing families. And um, what we're doing, there's a family, uh, a couple of families in the Cincinnati area that are starting to talk to other families about what we do. And by the way, it's not owned. It's not a family care space uh, entity. It's, a, it's um, an independent group that uh, we see families um, and we'll support them and hopefully other companies that are advocating and able to provide tools and necessary uh, um, methods for communities to have greater transparency. So, you know, I, I want to make sure you understand it's, it's, we're kind of a, a, we're not kind of, we are pioneering in this area, but it's a great way for families to unify their voice. You know, why can't I know where mom is 24 seven? Why can't I have that connection with what's going on in the community, even though, you know, I'm several miles away or, you know, several hundred miles away? Uh, A big one as well is our family would like to be on the same page with respect to how mom's doing. A great way through the portal to keep everybody up to date on changes and and what's happening and allow input. Um, So that family circles are giving a voice to not from us as a vendor, but from families as, you know, this will definitely be important for us in selecting a community. Right. 
Right. You know, uh, you know, I've worked in nursing homes and assisted in independent living communities for many years, and I totally can see some of the administrators not wanting it, just as you were saying, unfortunately. Um, but the ones that would want it would be the ones that I would recommend that, that people send their loved one because you want a community that is that wants to be transparent. I mean, that, that, that's a good place for your family member to be um, where the, where the um, administration is, is on board with transparency. They're not hiding anything. Um, So you said that you had to build a facility, a community in order to, to try this out. Well, yeah, I know it's uh it's uh, it really is a miracle. Um, and it started, It really is. I, you know, I'd love to say that. Oh well, I had lots of money, and I just, you know, got some uh, folks together. They built this building, and you know, everything worked out exactly like we expected. Um, and you know, that's the way it was. Um, but that's not the way it was. The way it was was I had a tremendous spiritual, if you will, uh, prompting that I could not, I could not shake. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing very well in the corporate world. Um, but this was just so, it was just really pulling on my heart. And so I started to research and understand the industry. I didn't even know really, um, the variations of the different, uh, communities, independent assisted living and, and memory care. And so, you know, I would, look at articles, started to find out who the thought leaders were, ended up learning a lot about the industry. And then about six months of that, it just became so apparent. I couldn't continue to give my full commitment to, to the role I was in. And I remember coming home after I, I uh, officially said I'm done and um, giving my wife a big hug. And we both said, well, we're going out on the limb now. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it was quite a big moment, but uh I did not understand. I, I think my na- naivety was probably the one of the good things about this. Had I known the hurdles, <laughs> had I known the hurdles, I don't know if I'd still do it. But anyway, it is what it is. And um, what what happened was I looked. I didn't think about family care space at that time. I was thinking about I'm going to be building something that's going to help the memory care. And the reason I focused there is the communities that I'd gone to to visit during those six months, I was shocked at how, you know, memory care was like a locked up door in a building. It's almost like an afterthought. And my gosh, if you went into that, a locked up area, if you were a resident, it meant the end of you, you know, it had such mm-hmm. a blight on it. It was just, and I remember sitting down with staff that would work in there and not work in there. No difference in training. Um, it was just a tremendous and the space in that area was very much uh, not conducive to the things we know that are helpful for memory care. Um, so I spent research. I remember spending a lot of time with uh, uh, Elizabeth Brawley's book, uh, Designing for Alzheimer's. It was a compendium of various different physical locations and things to think about in terms of color and contrast, sundowning. And so the building mm-hmm. incorporated, I actually went through three architects before we finalized but uh, the backdrop is i had no money right so how did all of that come about um 
it was it was really through uh, individuals that came at the right time uh, in a variety of ways uh, that allowed us to finally get to the point where um, we had the approval from the town, which I couldn't have picked a more challenging town in New Hampshire, uh, Rye, New Hampshire, right on the seacoast, beautiful town, very careful with whatever, whatever happens, which I'm okay with, but it was definitely a challenge to, to get all the approvals, but we did. It's on Route 1, beautiful, very, uh, and it's amazing the parcel was available. Uh, we built from the ground up, but uh, about a year into working on that, I was looking for an operating environment to, to, you know, to be there when the place would open. And that's when I realized, you know, there was nothing like out there like a family care space. So I realized if I'm going to have a family care space, I'm going to have to build it for this building. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you know, the key. So has your family care space been used in other facilities at this point? Um, We're just, starting to get out to the market when we uh when we built it um we had to do a lot of you know what works what doesn't work we had a lot of input from our care staff so about um i hired in uh um a couple of key events we so it was internal we weren't marketing it and in um in uh the fall late summer of 2017 I'd sold the building. It was clear that my focus is family care space. Um, sold it. The new owners gave us six months to, because they had nothing to compare. They needed a nurse call system. They needed something to keep the residents safe, uh, but they had no idea. They'd been in the business for 30 years, but no idea what a family care space was, right? So they gave us six months to, to prove ourselves, and um, we did great. They signed a, in March of 2018, a subscription service contract with us. So they paid a monthly amount, um, and uh, um, we validated. We did some more things with respect to tuning it. Um, and last fall, um, I hired our first our national sales director, and we've just released it uh, to the marketplace. So we're now actively engaged. We have a group in Indianapolis that have agreed to implement they're building a building and they like what we're doing they've said this is what they want so we're in the process of working with them their building is probably about 12 months away so this will be integrated into it we have some existing buildings that people have asked us to put our system in our system is very easy to go into Mm -hmm. an existing building because it's wireless and very little infrastructure required to to enable what we do um so we're really excited about that. We've also released a home care version of this. So, you know, if you've got home care coming into your mom's place and you want to keep, you know, an idea of when the home care's there, what happens, make sure any alerts outside of the normal patterns are identified and responded to. So we've just released that, and we, uh, we're we signing our contract. Actually, Friday, um, the gentleman was unable. He was caught in travel but um, next, uh, I think we're talking early this week, um, we should have something official that we can uh, tell people about uh, for our home care solution. So mm-hmm. just, just really, I guess one of the big things that struck me too, doctor, is the importance of making sure things work. Um, there are um, a number of failed attempts at this type of technology in healthcare, and I didn't want to have anything to do with that. 
either they were poorly implemented or they didn't have the right technology. They were promising things that weren't proven. We're proven, you know, seven years in real mm-hmm. operations. You know, it's just, this is uh, looking after, you know, my mom, your mom, that's special. We better mm-hmm. do that right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so once you have it um, available for home care, then people can just independently um, contact you and and say, yeah, you know, I want to have that in my mom's home, and that that's could be one, set up. That's one way to do that. But uh, our first, and we will accept people that want to do that. But we eventually will have a store so they can select the sensors and what they'd like for their home. And if they have a care, a home care provider, indicate who that is, so that home care provider uh, will will be available as a contact if any alerts are part of that. But what's most immediate, our first uh, focus is on the care providers, the home care providers. So uh, mm-hmm. the group that's uh, that we're talking to, they um, they're going to be um, providing the service to their clients. Um, so they'll put the sensors. It's, these sensors are wireless. It takes all of maybe 45 minutes to set up the system for the house. And then we take the data that comes out of that and creates a dashboard. We create, we have a dashboard on the web that's created for that information coming out of those sensors and we can adjust it. For example, um, if uh, we, we know mom typically um, will be using the bathroom a certain period of time. Um, we have a motion sensor, again, no cameras, it's very non-invasive, but we'd have motion sensors that'd be able to track when and uh, what time of the day. Um, if she's using it much more than we have set up as a normal pattern for her, that would trigger an alert. Maybe, you know, this might be the beginning of a UTI. So mm-hmm. it creates the engagement on the home care provider to also speak with the family and to discuss, you know, is it a good idea for a home care to come in and to check in on mom, um, you know, to, to look at uh, what might be creating that out of norm uh, behavior. Um, so we see the home care playing a, a pretty important role in the um, application of this information coming from the loved one's home. Right. Right. So, so then it's really important to have the home care, obviously the particular home care agency that you're working with to be on board. <laughs> right. I, I must, I must yeah. tell you that when we presented this to home care, very different uh, response than uh, some of the assisted living owners. Um, we've, we've had a very uh, positive response from home care. Um, we're going to work with home care to do what's called launch parties so they can bring family members in. You know, we're going to show them what it is, how it works, and uh, they would pay a monthly fee, the families would, for the service. Uh, there's no long-term commitment um, when they're finished with it. Um, the sensors come back to the home care company, and they can redeploy them. So it keeps the cost down and makes it easier for uh, not only the families to have this service, but for the home care to include it in their uh, delivery offerings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that the home care agency would want to have something like this because um, they don't right. they don't want to see your family member end up in the hospital or a nursing home. They they want to keep them at home so they can keep working with you. <laughs> yeah, we we actually have a home care uh, uh, provider uh, because we're using the family portal in this scenario as well um, as a care provider. 
their protocol is when the home care uh, uh, individual comes to the home and is with the client, take a picture or a photo. Maybe mom hasn't eaten in a while. Maybe there's some issue with, you know, socialization. So uh, take a photo video, much like in the assisted living scenario I spoke earlier about, and that can give the family content, right, to, to see in that portal as well. It gives the home care provider, you know, validation that, yeah, we're where we should be. That person is with the client. Um, and they can see we've added the dashboard for the home care provider where they have geographical pins on the map of the various locations of where their clients are. In addition, they have through the smartphone app uh, location of where their uh, care staff uh, personnel are and when they arrive, when they leave, that kind of thing. So it brings transparency, right, um, to, to that, uh, that environment, which is also – you can't go wrong with transparency. I think it can be difficult, but I remember reading, um, and I think it's so true, I would rather have a relationship with you, um, Dr. Mara, which is based on, um, you know, the honesty of whatever the situation is. And if there's a, and it invariably there are difficult times that occur in care delivery, whether it be in a community or at home. And I would rather as a family member be aware of that and contribute maybe to something that will help, you know, bring resolution to it as opposed to never know about it and, you know, end up having later on it come out and, you know, be very, very upset about it. So a relationship is really at the heart of a transparency environment. And, and that's what we want to do, make that relationship as easy as possible to develop. I absolutely agree with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, and if you have a home care agency that has this sort of transparency with the family members, then they're more likely to stay in that home. They're more likely to get more business. I mean, it only creates positive outcomes. Yeah. So I, I gave this I gave this presentation to um, actually to a uh, a gentleman that's starting a an assisted living company, and he called it a no brainer. Duh, we should put this in every building. This this should be the new normal, right? Regardless, mm-hmm. of, and um, and he's gonna he's involved with home care as well, um, and it just to him it why aren't we doing this? Which is where I came at this. I was surprised. Um, so I'm I'm excited about. Uh, what the opportunities present. Our feedback has been great. Um, do you want me to tell you what this costs? Do you want to get into that or or not? Sure. We we just have a couple of minutes, so um, if you, I want I want to let people know how they can contact you and find out more, and also if you can just say what it costs. I'm sure people are wondering, so that would be. <laughs> yep. No, I, be great. I would wonder. That. On the home care side, it's $595 to purchase what we call our base pack. And our base pack, this is for home care, and our base pack consists of an emergency call button or a panic button. It it also consists of a contact sensor for a fridge or a door um, um, or medicine cabinet. We have two of those. Um, and then we have two motion sensors. One would be near the bathroom area. The other would be around the bed, so we'd know movement in the bed and, and out of bed. Um, and then we have what's called a base station. So all this data from these wireless devices comes to this. We set all of that up. Um, all we really need is the uh, Wi-Fi for that and a password to get into the Wi-Fi. It's all secure, but that data would flow through our secure system to uh, – uh, 
we call it our uh, our um, um, it analyzes the data, creates the alerts, et cetera, and punches it, pushes it out to the website, to uh, to the family members, et cetera. So it, it's uh, to buy those sensors, $5.95. And um, when the family turns on that system and starts to use it, there's a monthly fee of $180. And that's uh, having the care, the uh, care provider involved with that, the uh, home care provider. Um, if it's the family itself, um, then we haven't really looked at that. We've looked at the care provider, but you're probably talking about $150 a month. And that's really to keep on top of the alerts. We, we do a lot of checks. This is clinical grade equipment. So it's a lot different than your home safety system. Um, you know, there's a lot of checks and balances, a lot of work that we do sure. to keep it up, support it, et cetera. So, so that's the family, mm-hmm. that's the uh, home care side. From the uh, facility side, I think I did mention I basically to keep it simple, it's about a dollar twenty a month if the family uh, signs up to the family portal. Um, it's a dollar twenty, sorry, not per month, a dollar twenty per resident day um, in the facility that the facility pays. The um, family would pay in that scenario because there's a surcharge by the community, uh, two hundred dollars a month, and to have the portal, mm-hmm. they can have as many family members as they wish connected to it. Um, or friends, all the data, the photos, et cetera, all that we maintain and look after. And when the family member leaves or the situation changes and they no longer need the system, we download all that content uh, to the family for their, uh, for their use. Okay. All right. So, you know, compared to the cost for, for care, it's really just a, a little bit more. Um, to make sure that they're getting the care that they really need. So yeah. um, if if listeners are interested in finding out more, what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, the best way, we our website will give you information about Family Care Space's offerings, um, and that's uh, familycarespace.com, uh, familycarespace, all one word, dot com. Um, certainly getting in touch with myself, Jonathan McCoy. That's uh, Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, McCoy, M-C-C-O-Y. Um, and uh, that, sorry, Jonathan dot McCoy. There's got to be a period or a dot between uh, my first and last name. And it's at familycarespace.com. And then finally, they can reach out to me and call me anytime. Um, 603-380-0834. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. Um, we've got a great team of folks involved uh, in Florida, uh, New England, um, in the middle of the country, Cincinnati. We've got folks that we're talking to that will probably be uh, setting up in the uh, West Coast. Uh, we have West Coast of Canada and, um, and folks uh, in, uh, um, in the uh, East Coast of Canada as well. So, uh, okay. but, you know, they can get in touch with me and I'll, do whatever is necessary to make sure they're talking to the right folks that they need. Great. And I'll post all of that on my website post about this show after the program so people can find it there if they weren't ready with their pen and paper. Um, thank you so much for, for being on the program and for doing what you're doing. I think it's a really great movement to you know move in that direction of more transparency. 
Thank you so much. I hope people, families, uh, we've got a, an article called uh, Family uh, Care Circles, talks about the care circles. I, I've sent it to you. If you could let folks know mm-hmm. about that, we'd love to have them connect with other family members to address transparency to help them out in their situations. So thank you so Great. much for what you've allowed us to talk about today. appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank, thank you. And and you have a very good evening and best of luck with this as it moves forward. I appreciate it. We'll keep keep uh, keep in touch, right? Yes, for sure. All right, sounds great. All right, have a great you evening. Take care. Oh. You Bye-bye. too. Bye bye now. All right, we're going to take a brief break. We have more to come, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Please visit us on the web at www.drmaracarpell.com. All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com and later on Apple Podcasts. And just a little bit of news. Um, If you um, didn't listen last week, as I mentioned, we are now on Apple Podcasts and, and you can hear this show later this evening or any time later. Um, by going to Apple Podcasts, and you can also hear all of the previous programs that we've done with Blog Talk Radio since 2014 on Apple. And I also posted two blogs recently, and both of those are on my website, so you can take a look for those two blogs. And um, I have another one coming up very soon. Um, Also, before I go to my topic about self-love, I want to let you know that we are going to be doing a big production at South by Southwest. Art Mendoza, who's the producer of this show and his production company, Accomplice Entertainment, is presenting two nights of music and entertainment at the Backstage, which is behind El Mercado Restaurant on South First Street. March 20th and March 21st. That's Friday and Saturday night of the music portion of the South by Southwest Music Festival here in Austin, Texas. And we're starting off the program on Friday night with my program. This show is going to be live on the stage uh, with the guest live on the stage, my uh, guest speaker, and also the guest musician. The guest speaker will be Dr. Joe Schaefer, and the guest musician, Tomas Ramirez, the Jasmanian devil. And we want you to come to that. We want to 
studio audience to be part of this. It's going to be a videotaping for a national, um, to present to a national company and for television. And we want a studio audience. So that program is free. It's the one free show in our, in the whole thing. So um, come to that program, be part of the studio audience, get a free book. We're giving out a hundred of my books for free. Uh, the Passionate Life, Creating Vitality, Enjoy at Any Age. And if you are interested in coming to that, please be there by 530. And the information for the location and all of that will be posted on my website and on my Facebook page. And um, again, it's the backstage. You can look that up, the backstage, um, South First Street. And then we have lots of great music after that. And then the next night, Saturday night, Art will be doing his show, Backwards on Purpose, to start off the evening. And he'll be performing, and um, Tomas Ramirez will be joining him um, for that program as well. And then the rest of the evening will be uh, lots of live music. So um, I highly recommend, if you're in Austin, come join us, March 20th and March 21st. So I only have a few minutes to talk before our next great guest comes on the program. And so I'm just, I'm going to just start it off and then I'm going to finish this discussion next week. But since um, it was just Valentine's day and February is the month of the heart, I just want to talk about a little bit about self love and self love is self care. And um, I've been talking about self-care and my need for self-care in the past couple of weeks. And, um, and one of the ways of taking care of ourselves is by being kind to ourselves. And um, last week I talked about stopping, taming that inner troll, getting ourselves to stop um, saying negative things to ourselves all the time. You know, sometimes we speak to ourselves in ways that we would never think of talking to another person because we know that they would never talk to us again. But we say the most horrible things to ourselves and we don't think twice about it, but it really has an effect on us. And um, it's and it's definitely not a not a good way to take care of ourselves and it's habitual we get we're we're in the habit of doing that so um, I mentioned very quickly last week so I'm going to repeat it again Um, one of the ways of a technique to break that habit that came up in a study um, by a doctor named Dr. Cross is to actually have a conversation with ourselves where we speak to ourselves um, using our own name. So if we notice that we're feeling bad, we might look at what we're saying to ourselves. And if we notice that we're saying things like, well, I I did such a terrible job, Um, that was really bad what I did, I sound so stupid, you know, what a klutz, things like that, that's the time to – Stop and actually 
change the narrative to where you're actually using your own name. So for myself, for example, I'm, I might speak to myself like Mara. Um, you could have done that better. <laughs> um, the, what they found in this study is that when people use their own name when speaking to themselves, they actually um, speak to themselves in a much nicer tone of voice. They start to talk to themselves like they would talk to a friend. And one of the things that I recommend is to, to picture yourself sitting in the chair across from you and you're talking to yourself like you're your best friend because really you are your best friend so it's really important that we start speaking to ourselves in a much more loving tone of voice and what happens when we do that is that we start speaking to other people in a more loving tone of voice that that actually creates more compassion and love in the way that we treat other people and tomorrow, I want to mention, before I go to our next guest, who's actually going to talk about compassion, tomorrow is um, February 17th, and you may not know this, but it's Random Acts of Kindness Day. So February 17th is National Random Acts of Kindness Day, and it was set up, it was set up, scheduled to encourage acts of kindness. And, um, you know, I challenge you, and I'm going to talk about this more next week and some more suggestions for acts of kindness, or maybe I'll talk about it a little before we go off the air. But I just challenge you to think about what can you do to just bring more light into the world when you wake up in the morning, to ask yourself every morning, what can I do today to bring more light into the world? And one of the suggestions that they have on the website for Random Acts of Kindness Day is to just compliment the first three people that you talk to today. Um, you know, buy coffee for the person behind you in line as you're standing in line for coffee. Those would be a couple of things, just random acts of kindness. Though when we do kind things for other people, it actually um, is a way of showing love for ourselves because when we do that, we feel really good. And the best way of showing kindness is when we don't expect anything in return, not even a thank you. If we give money to somebody who is is asking for money on the streets, it takes away that, that good feeling if we go to follow that person to see how they're spending the money. How they spend that money is up to them. How our giving that money is our act of kindness. And that's and that's all we need to be concerned about is what we did. We don't need to follow that person. We don't even need for them to say thank you. And when we have an expectation, we take away the positive effects of our own act of kindness. We don't get all of those benefits um, that rush of endorphins that really feel good, um, those feel-good chemicals that are released. We don't get that if we have an expectation. 
So on that note, I want to go to our next guest because our next guest is somebody who I've been following on Instagram for a while um, because she has the most beautiful Instagram site. And every time I look at her posts and watch her videos, I feel good. I feel happy um, because her posts are so positive and filled with compassion. And so to have her on the program this evening, I think, is, is just the perfect time to talk about kindness and compassion. And so um, joining us on the phone from North Carolina, we have Kia, the founder of the Raising Cultures social media site and the mother of the blended family. Um, and I'm going to let her tell her story. So, Kia, are you there with us? Yes. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to let you know that when we speak like this, there's a one or two second delay. So that just helps to keep that in mind. Um, so, so, Kia, maybe you can tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe your story, and what is the Raising Cultures social media site? Yes, ma'am, absolutely. So Raising Cultures was started in 2018 after I uh, adopted uh, or fostered my last baby right now. Now, it's, it's no... It's no really last because we never know if we're going to adopt again in the future. You know, that's <laughs> up to God. <laughs> but right now, uh-huh. he's our youngest, and um, he's Caucasian, and we're an African-American family, but we also have uh, two additional adopted children that are biracial. Both of their moms are white and their dads are black. And um, so you know, I just wanted to put out there, because I was sitting in a group one day of foster moms, and they were all uh, talking about their their struggles of being foster parents and the joys of being foster parents. And they were all Caucasian women with African-American children. And I was the only one at the time who was an, the, the black mom with the, with the Caucasian son. And I started to tell some of the things that I was going through, such as being held in, you know, in various restaurants or whatever, thinking that I had kidnapped my son, and um, they were all shocked. They were all looking like, oh, my gosh, like, we have never gone through that, and that's when my eyes were open, like, wow, you know, people need to see that families don't have to match, or, you know, families don't have to look alike to love alike, and, you know, and so I just wanted to, to put that message out there so people, you know, are not shocked by our family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I mentioned, as I was introducing you, I've been following your posts for a while, and I just love to watch the videos and, and read your posts and look at the pictures because they just they just make you feel so good. And, oh, thank um, you. Yeah, it looks like you have a lot of followers. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Um, yes, ma'am. Well, on Instagram, we I do have uh, I think eleven thousand followers now oh, on Instagram. Goodness. Yeah, and on Facebook, it's like a hundred thousand followers. Wow. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm still in shock about it, 
but I call I call everyone that follows me like cyber family and they're my my children's cyber niece um, aunties and uncles and you know we just have a good time and we're we're learning from each other and that that's all I want I want us to learn you know how to recognize our own biases and discriminations and um, stereotypes and prejudices so that we can we can kind of change the narrative about those things and not make it so taboo and just kind of move forward in, in our lives mm-hmm. and how we, you know, raise our children and how we put show compassion and humility to others. And so, yeah, that's why I do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I have a couple of things to say about that. One is that having so many followers just reinforces the the fact that people are really hungry for this they really really want so much so much of your positivity and compassion and that compassion that goes across you know racial lines and whatever you know the all the different boundaries that we put around ourselves that there are a lot of people out there who who obviously want that if they're following you um yeah. Yes, I've been told that as well. <laughs> I've been told yeah. that people are looking for that that positivity, you know, some encouragement, and just to see, you know, things that that feel good, that make them feel good, and and it makes me feel good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And one of the things about, you know, I, I, I've I've spoken about this, and there's been research on it that when people, you know, perform kind acts or show compassion. It feels good, right? I was just talking about that. We get that release of endorphins, and we feel really happy. Um, but there's actually been research that shows that when we watch other people um, engage in acts of kindness or show compassion, we we get the same effect. So oh, wow. when people are watching yeah. you, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's like spreading, and and it not only that, but when people watch that it makes them want to be compassionate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I 100% agree with that because I I know that I I've watched several um you know other instagrammers or youtubers and and when I see things that they're doing random acts of kindness and things like it just makes me feel good and and it makes me want to do random acts of kindness too. And I heard you mention that it that tomorrow is random acts of kindness day. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you know, yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, we should do it every day, but it's a good day to be more aware of it. Right. And just yeah. like, make sure that we do it. <laughs> so <laughs> Absolutely. The, other thing, the other thing that, you know, when you were just talking, it made me think about one of the, the, the really refreshing things that I find about watching your, your post is that you're very open about things that you're not sure of that you, you ask, like, I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. What do you, you know, what do I do in this situation? And I think we, you know, we've, we've gotten to a place in our society where everybody thinks they know the right answer and they don't want to admit that they don't know it. And they're and the more you, you know, tell them that hey, you know, maybe that wasn't the right thing, the more 
they dig into, you know, they double down on whatever it is that they're doing. And so I think if the fact that you ask these questions and say, hey, you know, anybody out there, you know, have thoughts about this because I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing, I think that also is a really good role model. You have so many people following you that we can all do that. We can all say, hey, you know, I don't know if, if this is right. I've never been in this situation before. I'm not standing in your shoes. So I don't really know if it's the right thing for you. Right. Absolutely. Because I, you know, I'm human and none of us are perfect, you know? (laughs) And so I, I keep that in mind when I, when I'm working with my children, when I'm working with my clients, and even with myself, you know, so, like you were just talking about self-care and us saying those negative things to ourselves, and I have to remember that, hey, you know, I'm human, and it's seven billion other humans on this planet that we can learn <laughs> from, <laughs> and why not ask someone who may know better than I in dealing with this situation because we all have our own gifts that we were we were born into this world with and we all have our specialties that we can offer and if I, my motto is if god wanted us to be on this earth alone then he would have just created one person <laughs> but he didn't and so we're all living together for a reason and i i feel like that's to help one another and learn from one another and grow together you know we all have to live here until we don't <laughs> and so mm-hmm. i think that we should learn from each other while we're here you know and stop yeah. judging you know stop judging yourself and stop judging everyone else when when you can just simply ask hey you know especially in my situation i'm i'm a black mom raising a white son I've never raised a white son before but I know mm-hmm. there's women who have so why not ask you know why not hey um where's the best place for for my son to get his hair cut you know I'm I'm used to going to the barbershop with my son or with you know or my husband goes to the barbershop we don't know Do you, would you happen to know I think those things are you know it's what makes us human because we don't know everything. I know women like to think that we do, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you're you're right. I mean, the things that you don't and and I think um it's really good to ask some, you know, across cultures, you know, would it be offensive if I did this or you know, I think that that's a really big, everybody's very touchy about these issues right now, right? That we, you know, we mm-hmm. say things and people take offense to it. But if we don't know, how we how are we going to know what's offensive and what's not offensive? That is so true. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. <laughs> yes, and I'm learning. I'm learning every day. And I have to be, as a mother to, to transracial, you know, in my family to a blended family or to kids that are a different culture, a different heritage, different race than I, I have to be mindful of the things that I say and the things that I do because that ultimately impacts my children. And Mm -hmm. I don't want Mm -hmm. to be that mother to be offensive. You know, I don't want to offend my own children by my ignorance or by me, you know, being too proud not to ask you know, when I need help or, you know, ask for clarity or understanding from someone who is of their same race or their culture or their heritage mm-hmm. and things that they can, that I can learn from them how to be a better parent. 
And, you know, I'm not ashamed of that, you know. I'm, I'm not. Right. I mean, I, I right. think that I'm, I'm a pretty good parent, but I can always say we can all stand to do better. Yep, and I think that's great. I think that's a great example even for, for parents who have children in their own culture and race, right? Things are always changing. Um, what What's considered okay in one generation by the next generation, we look back and say, wow, that was really, like, insensitive. <laughs> Right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, definitely. so we we all need to be open to learning, you know, and and growing and being able to ask, um, you know, what is what culturally sensitive and what you know what isn't because things change. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and I mean, it's what even we keep, different. I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? No, go ahead. Oh, I said, go ahead. It's even like a different time. Like even with my mom, she comes from a different generation, and my grandmother, you know, comes from a different generation, and I have to even be mindful when it's like, you know, I'm younger, and I don't want to offend someone that's older. You know, I mean, it, it mm-hmm. don't always have to apply to race, but it can also be applicable to age and disability and weight. I mean, we all just have to be, be a little bit more kinder and a little bit more sensitive and, you know, um, caring and, like you said, compassionate. Right, right. And this is really like a, a, a passion of mine. It's a really this, the topic of having compassion even when it's, especially in situations where it's a little bit more difficult because we don't understand other people's cultures. Um that to me, like if we can be compassionate in situations where we're, we're not familiar, then I think that we do a great service to mankind because we're all connected, you know, whether someone mm-hmm. comes from another country and looks different, practices a different religion or um, speaks a different language we're all connected and, and if we can have compassion across those boundaries then we're we're expressing that connection and and that make for a much kinder world. Yeah, um, exactly right. But, so there was one video that really just like hit me and that was when I said I have to have you on the program. And that was when you were you had posted that video of the um about the the cake squares. Do you remember that one? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I thought that was such a sweet video. Oh, thank you, you so much. It really blessed me that day. I was just so, you know, I was so outdone with everything. I was like, oh, wow. It was, I was just so filled with joy. I It, it was like an indescribable feeling. I was just so happy. And so was she. She was excited, too. So can you do you think you can share that with our listeners so that we know what was so beautiful about it? Yes, ma'am, I can. I had um I had purchased a little card, like a Dewey's Cake Square card, and it's been over about maybe about a year and a half ago. Uh, one of my friend's daughters were doing a fundraiser and I purchased a card from her. Now Dewey's is probably about thirty minutes. Uh, 20, 20 minutes away from my house. So I don't go there often. I was just trying to support. This particular day, I was on that side of town. And I said, hmm, let me go by Dewey's and grab me some cake squares because it's buy one, get one free. 
And so I, I went in there, and the lady corrected me. She said, no, you buy a box of uh, cake squares, and then you get a, another box for free. So I said, okay, that's even better. So I got the, the cake squares, and I went on about my way. And I had to grab some other things from Party City. I went to Party City. I had sat in the car for a second, and I said, let me go ahead and bite this cake square because they smell so good. And I um, opened up the bag and got me a cake square out, and then I proceeded to go in Party City. Went in Party City, got the things I needed, got all the way to the register and realized that I forgot my purse inside of the car. So as I was coming out the door, I saw this this little lady, and she was standing right beside my driver door window, and she was kind of piercing or peering in my window. And um, as I got closer, you know, you never know these days, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I hope she's not trying to break in or, you know, I didn't really know what was going on. I just noticed she was, like, standing there, and she was staring into my car. And so as I got closer, I said, hey, you know, is everything okay? Can I help you? And she was like, oh, you know, she I, she was teary-eyed, and she looked up, and she said, oh, nothing. And I said, no, it's okay. I said, is, is, is there something that I can help you with? And she said, well, I, I looked over, and I saw in your car that you had Dewey's Cake Squares uh, laying out. And she said it just brought back so many memories for her. And I said, oh, okay, you know. And she said her and her husband used to go to Dewey's on Mondays, they give a free cake square and they would they would enjoy a cake square together. And she said that was one of her fondest mm-hmm. memories that she shared with her husband. And her husband had been deceased for about five years at at this point. And I was like, Oh oh my gosh, it just kinda touched me and I said, Well would you like a cake square? She was like, Oh no, it's okay and I said, No, it won't bother me at all And so she was like, If you don't mind so I opened the door and I took out the cake squares, and I ended up giving her the entire box. And I said, here, and she was like, are you sure? And and I said, yes, ma'am. So she started crying, and she said, you know what? Today is my birthday. And, Mm. like, I got chills all over my body, and I was like, are you serious? She was like, yes. She was like, today is my birthday. And she said, my husband is so funny. And I said, wow, like, he, he literally sent you birthday cake for your birthday. And we just thought that was such a the sweetest thing and we enjoyed a cake square together and we talked a little more and I just I I just could not wait to tell tell the world of it like I wanted people to know that you know even when our loved ones are gone they're still with us and they still do little mm-hmm. things here and there but don't always jump to the negative like I could have been like hey you know get away from my car or what are you doing or you know and instead like you said I chose to be very compassionate I chose to hear her out um Mm -hmm. and and as a result of that I got blessed because that story really blessed me and it opened my eyes you know to to certain things and and I was just so incredibly you know humbled by the experience yeah. yeah, it was it was such a sweet story, and I was like, oh, that you know, that was just that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. So, so Kia, if if listeners are interested in following you on your social media and keeping up with your beautiful family and all of the the really compassionate stories and the funny stories and watching your children is just really joyful um what would be the best ways for them to find you on social media yes ma'am absolutely well we are on instagram at raising cultures 
and that's R-A-I-S-I-N-G-C-U-L-T-U-R-E-S. So that's at Raising Cultures on Instagram. We're also on Facebook, same name, at Raising Cultures. And um, we have just now started a YouTube channel that's Raising Cultures as well. So we they can find us on any one of those social media platforms. And we have out on Anchor and Spotify, The Kitchen Table Chronicles, which is a podcast, if they're interested in that. Oh, okay. Kitchen Table Chronicles. All right. Awesome. So any any words of wisdom before you go for our listeners? <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. I would definitely say that you don't have to you don't have to look alike to love alike and be be more compassionate when you see families out that uh, may not look like yours. You you never know what their story is, so just one kind word, one wave you know, one smile can change someone's entire day. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, and thank you so much for, for coming on to the program. It was so great to speak with you directly. I'm always listening to you. It's nice to actually <laughs> converse with you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. I it, It's been so fun. I, I have enjoyed it uh, and same here same here so you have a very uh, wonderful evening and i'll be i'll be seeing you on instagram yes ma'am all right you <laughs> thank you so much all right all right bye-bye now <laughs> bye-bye all right so i'm going to be posting all of that on my website um Post about this show after the program so that you can also follow Racing Cultures. It's really, um, you know, I always talk about finding something that could that you can watch that brings you joy and and helps you to see that there are a lot of joyful things still going on in this world, even while we're watching, you know, the news is always telling us the negative stuff. There's so much more joy than there is negative. So um, in order to bring more kindness into the world, I think we need to find ways of making ourselves feel joyful. Um, My friend and teacher and um, the author of Stirvana, who has been on this program before, Akshay Nanavati, uh, recently said in one of his posts that happiness is the fuel for bringing light into the darkness. So finding ways to create happiness within ourselves is a, is, is a great way for, to help us to spread more joy into the world. So, um, And next week, I'm going to continue with the um, kindness and self-love. And I want to, and I think that this is a great place to end after speaking with Kia because I I really can't add to that at this moment. I think um, what she said is so beautiful. So let me just let you know what's happening next week on this program. We'll be back next Sunday, February 23rd, and we'll be joined from the East Coast by Dr. Howard Kovitz, who's a psychologist and psychoanalyst. And for many years, he was the director 
and um, on the training faculty of the Psychoanalytic Studies Institute in Philadelphia. He was also a member of the Board of National Association for the Advancement of Psychoanalysis and has taught mathematics, psychology, statistics, as well as post-professional psychology seminars. And he has contributed, he's written books, and he's contributed to books and blogs related to his passion of exercising his civic duty of staying aware and active in our country's political process. Um, his passions also include his roles of father, grandfather, citizen, and therapist. And so Dr. Kobus is going to join us to discuss mental health, what is it, and how does each of our answers to that question relate to our goals for psychotherapy. Um, he's going to talk about ethics and and more. We're going to talk about maybe how his passion of staying within the staying involved in the political process helps with mental health. And as I said, I'll continue discussing self-love and compassion and more. We always have more. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and read the information from this show and get the links um, that my guests spoke about and or listen to previous programs, read my blogs, etc. go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com, and the link to the podcast, as, long as, as well as all of those uh, website links, will be posted later tonight. And you can also hear this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going to Blog Talk Radio, B-L-O-G, talkradio.com slash your golden years and also on Apple Podcasts and the link to that is on my website post about this program and for future and upcoming shows and upcoming events and all the information about South by Southwest and as we get closer to those dates follow me on Facebook Dr. Mara Carpell your golden years this evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald DeVere and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Jonathan McCoy and Kia, the mom of Raising Cultures. And of course, thank you, Art. And thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, Youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Célébant en roulé, that is what they all say. Célébant en roulé, that is what they all say. Célébant en roulé, that is what they all say. Célébant en roulé, that is what they all say. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Mm-hmm.